Colin, and today on Tab Talk, we are talking about the Crypto.com naming rights deal for what was formerly the Staples Center. We're talking about Lux Capital's partner letter for Q3 2021. We're talking about Black Hat World and the strange things that happened there. We're talking about A16's, A16's DAO Canon that was just published, a great resource for everything DAO. We're talking about Fantastic Text, which is just a library of incredible SMS marketing. And finally, we're talking about 500,000 pounds of illegal cannabis seized in Southern Oregon. Let's get into it. Tab Talk begins in three, two, one. Come on. Big updates this week. Brother James at the Chateau Marmont. You know what I mean? Uh, soon, soon to be a private club. Uh, you know, Green Wednesday, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Art Basel. You know, what else we got going on in the world here? Uh, Partake of Veneta, appointed the new creative director. Alibaba missed their revenue projections. Pentoshi, the anonymous penguin, is uh, sending uh, bear singles. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. If Pentoshi's listening to this, please, Pentoshi, I feel like you're moving markets. Please get bullish again. You know what I mean? Yeah, please, brother. The, these guys, were, signal. these guys were talking on the group text about Pintoshi. I was like, "Who's Pintoshi again?" And they're like, "Oh, it's like the 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 penguin cartoon <laughs> guy. It, 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 it's the anonymous penguin that we take almost essentially all of our crypto alpha from. Is that like, which is a totally normal a normal uh, thing? Great, perfect, yeah. perfect. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's been a week. Hey, wait, wait, what do you got? You got like some dolphin we don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, another thing you forgot. It's it's about to be Thanksgiving. I feel like that's a. Uh, you're talking about updates in the world. Yeah, I, I just go to the e-com holidays, uh, not any of the <laughs> yeah. Canada family enjoyment. Okay. You know? Although I do enjoy the meme where it's like the family down there and it's like, it's like, oh, tell, you know, come downstairs, tell everyone about your Bitcoins. And then it's like the shadow at the top of the stairs, <laughs> like the little Pepe boy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, which we know we're all headed into. You know, if, if y'all are lucky, we'll publish our, our NFT conversation cheat sheet. Uh, we'll probably, maybe we'll do an early floor check. We'll just kick off with a floor check. Because uh, let me tell you, these. Uh, if it wasn't for Post Malone buying a wicked monster, my floor check would be looking real rough right now. <laughs> Good for you, man. I, my floor check is bad. How, how are y'all doing? I got a... Um, yeah. I mean, it's bad overall, anyway. I mean, I'm probably down... We don't really like to think in, in USD, in fiat, when I think about NFTs. But, um, I mean, I'm definitely down like a fresh rolly or, or so in in, in JPEGs. <laughs> um, I got hope. I'm really in this for the long term. What I think is funny is that all you see all these NFTs... Like, even Gary V today, I saw a tweet by him. He was like, by the way, anyone who's listening to me about NFTs... Uh, what, when I talk about them, I'm talking long term, right? Any, anyone who was like pumping NFTs in, in the last year is like now the floor is falling out, and they're like, oh well, the thing is you have to wait thirty more or forty of a long years. Term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gary, Gary, I, I minted a hundred grills, Gary. <laughs> Please, please, can I get some K-Swiss stock? <laughs> I forgot he's got that K-Swiss hustle. Um, yeah, what about you, Colin? Uh, yeah, the worst worst shoes in the games. You know, Gary Vee, come in the pod, defend your fucking shoes, because that shit is absolute garbage. Uh, All right. uh, anyway, sorry, shout out. Any of our listeners that are wearing K-Swiss, I'm sorry, it's too late for you. Um, we're we're ostracizing the possible, the possible sponsorship from K-Swiss. <laughs> if we were any possible sponsorship, Oren will make sure that we don't get by ripping apart the, the company. But Colin, what, uh, what, what, yeah, what about yeah, your I mean, NFTs, look, Colin? We, we, you we're got? holding the highest standard. I, all right. Brought to you by Men's Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Colin, did you have any NFTs besides the uh, whatever that bowl was that, the that you got? Or the bagel? Was it a bagel? <laughs> the hippo. The hippo. I got like besides the the high hippos that are hidden, besides the high hippo that shall not be spoken of again after this. Uh, uh, I have like four or five random things. I've got I've got a Manny. Uh, oh, yeah. I've got one of oh, Jack, yeah, yeah. Jack Butcher's duplicate ape uh, experiment things. I've got a. a yeah, like a couple of random things. I would have a lot more <laughs> random things if it wasn't like 250 bucks. Just like get get it. Um, there's a lot of little stuff that I think is cool, but when it's 200 dollars just to like just to buy the thing for 100 dollars, it, it's uh, detrimental to the to the culture. I think, but such so, is life. Uh, this was a this was a dark floor check. I know we tried to keep it light lighthearted, but it was, it was a lot different for when the ETH were were freely flowing. Yeah, uh, you know, a, a couple months back. Uh, yeah, we, we should just you know honestly let's just yeah, okay. enough crypto. Can I add one let's thing go to really our first quickly? Tab. No, really quickly. Sorry, oh, I just Jesus. I got a homie. His, his David. He's a old investment maker, and I I I see on Instagram he has changed his his profile to an ape, and so I messaged him. And I was like, you bought an ape. I said, until 2021, you were the crypt, you were the bear of crypto bears. He goes, ha ha, I've had this since I first minted it. And I said, what? In 2017, you and Jake were the ones who convinced me to sell all my crypto, which is legitimately true. I had a whole gang of ETH and Bitcoin in 2017. And my boy David was like, nah, bro, that's a con. You got to get out. He was in investment banking, tried five stuff. And his response was, in 2017, it was too volatile. <laughs> because it's still too yeah, violent. Yeah, David, come on the pod and defend <laughs> yeah, how come dirty on down, you did, Dave, James. Yeah. Come yeah, on I mean, down, like, David. We read you, read you on here, and you better come. You, this is going to be a cross-examination of cross-examinations. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, this yeah, is, it's rough, yeah. bro. I need to see your whole portfolio, trade history. <laughs> We're going to break this down. Account statements. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, your holdings, your wife's holdings. He, he, Was he it a flip me. tape? Was it a flip tape? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a normal ape. He said he bought some baby apes, too. I said I heard those did not go so well. But uh, I, I, yo, I, I was gonna say I thought you were gonna. He was gonna fire back and be like, "Yeah, bro, like I, I right click saved." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is this 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 is yeah, a dude classic. With a, if you don't, dude if with you a don't like this one, I'll do another. He's, he's buying. He's buying the real apes. Anyway, um, all right, into the tabs, right? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. enough crypto. Enough crypto. What, what's our first tab, Colin? <laughs> yeah. So first tab. First tab is a CNN.com <laughs> link to crypto.com purchasing <laughs> oh. na- purchasing naming rights for the Staples Center. Uh, I'm sure everybody's uh, heard about that, but I think this is a. Uh, yeah, it was look the whole city of LA embraced it. Everyone been calling it. The, I've, I've heard it referred to as the crypt. You know, yeah, almost immediately perfect. after, people perfect. were like, they were in the streets being like, you know what, fuck Staples. And so <laughs> this is this is great to see how deep everyone's just been like supportive of this transition. So uh, estimated seven hundred million dollar deal. Um, I, I think there work. there are a bunch of interesting things about this. One is I think so many of these stadiums are named after brands where the the brand itself is like is kind of lost on people. Like I th- I've I feel like I I was years into saying and thinking about the Staples Center until I realized it was the office supply store. I thought it was um, named after Jeff Staples, the sneaker. <laughs> maybe maybe that was it. Very yeah. niche, very yeah. niche joke. Just put a bird uh, on it. But like like a lot of these big brands like Barclays, uh, uh, Key Arena up in Seattle for the Sonics back in the day. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the brand, the naming is like lost on on everything. Crypto.com, never going to be lost on anybody. Sure. Yeah, and actually, quick question. Have either of y'all ever been to Crypto.com? Uh, yes, about five minutes ago before we started. Uh, okay. I, don't <laughs> I, agree. Think I, I actually not, have. I don't even know what it is. I, it's, I think it's uh, an exchange. So let, let's right? see. Put that sponsor dollar. Let's get this, get this CPM going, brothers. Let's see what's... Uh, oh, they got Matt. It. They have a video with Matt Damon when you land on it. 
wow, they're going hard in the paint. So I, t- yeah. I think I told you this guys. This is a lot better than when I was on Eight Sleep earlier, and it was Joe Pompliano and Danny Green, and I was like, yo, yeah, this is trash. <laughs> like, if you, they had Matt Damon, I would have bought a mattress. Let me tell you. Dude, the, the founder of Eight Sleep is like, he's like, like on sleep. Money Twitter. He's one, of, he's one of the dudes on Money Twitter. He's a, uh, maybe we get an Eight Sleep sponsorship, because I'm just, I'm just take the bed. I'll just take, I don't really need money. I'll just. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was going to say, your boys just need beds. Uh, honestly, we're all still kind of got the mattress on the ground energy, even though we're married. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I may have a giant house, but really, it's, we're on. We're I'm eating a right fucking can of tuna with, with off-brand Hellman's for dinner, so I'm ready for the free mattress. Oh, man. Um, you didn't have to tell anybody about that. Well, to yeah, be honest, like, I feel I like even like on the Twitter spaces that we had earlier this week, we were, there's just broke boy energy just flying about. <laughs> I just like, you guys gotta like, you guys gotta lean in. I know I've been pulling back, but I've been pulling back so I can go harder in the future. You know, I mean, we I, we can't let that energy permeate the pot. All right, all right, all right. Well, if, I think that the sponsorship with Crypto.com, like the, the, the celebs that they have on board are good. I think I told you I think I told you guys, my boy who does a lot of, uh, does events for a living, he did all the F1 Austin VIP stuff, he's doing a bunch of Super Bowl parties in LA, um, he had been talking to Crypto.com and trying to get a sponsorship deal from them for an event, and they told him that they were not interested in sponsoring things for less than $10 million. Like, they're out there just looking for massive sponsorship deals. So, I, I, kudos to these boys. I, I don't know anyone that uses Crypto.com, do you? I've, no, I'd never even heard of it. No, I've, 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 only, I've, I've only ever seen it on uh, on the F one event sponsor. Yes, so yes. Is it like an exchange or is it like a like what do we? Is it like a it's Binance? Like, it's like more of a lifestyle, I think. <laughs> it's a movement. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a blog. It's, it's like a sick blog. It's like no. It's a. It's like a. It's like a Coinbase. It's an exchange. Um, but they, what they've can I get NFTs on there? You, apparently, you can. If you go check out crypto.com, you'll see on the on the top bar it says NFT is one of their main things. Um, yo, yo, just like jumping on the crypto homepage, like everything is in the red right now, guys. Yeah, let's <laughs> except, ev- except Avalanche Brothers. Let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> I I wish I could understand. I get some AVAX because <laughs> I'm desperately new. No, they got they definitely have some NFTs on there. Um, they also the oh, thing damn. I always see them pushing is their debit cards. And they've got these debit yeah. cards that like give you like pretty aggressive rewards. I think that's actually I think that that is where I've seen them. So they. They push really heavily the card that uses you directly uses your crypto balance when you when you spend it so that you can uh, so that you can spend your Bitcoin. I thought that was like not the point, but I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, ironically, well, yeah. Colin, it is the point. So like it's it's one of these weird like uh, conundrums, right? Where it's like everyone's like, "Nah, don't hold." Don't sell. But the only way that crypto becomes at all useful is if people actually use it, right? Like exchange it for things, right? Like buying power. Well, yeah, is what guys, guys, guys. You can't, don't, don't lift the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) Not today. Yeah. Sorry. So we need this. Colin needs his rose to go up. So so before, uh, before we, we move on from this one, because it's not overly exciting. uh, I've got this chart here of the, the cost of the naming rights for every team in the league. Uh, uh, No comment for no further comment, but I I looked into how much this was uh, a few years ago. It's surprisingly reasonable. Um, so we don't know the details of the seven hundred million dollar deal, but seven hundred million. What do you What do you think is, I guess, prior to this deal, the highest uh, highest naming rights in the league? Oh, and for basketball, yeah. I, know, I imagine University of Phoenix is probably <laughs> nice. fucking hefty. Nice. No, I. I so but that's not. We just uh, built. We not we. <laughs> I mean, uh, like Barclays Center was just built. <laughs> we just built Barclays Center. Like as, a, as a, <laughs> me and the team over at the uh, at Barclays, you know, we were, they put together that stadium. It was big. But like that stadium is fucking. That was like a huge, huge, huge deal, and like a part of like a big revitalization of what is arguably the best and greatest city in the history of all man, uh, New York City. Um, so 
that that one is ten million bucks a year, uh, and the Nets are number three. Okay, so I'm not super far off. I mean, the next, so I would have also guessed, and again, I'm not just going the New York route. I just know Knicks tickets are like for like a pretty horrific fucking team. Like historically, Knicks tickets are just always expensive, and Madison Square Garden is all super expensive. So I don't even know. I I, I don't know, and that's just MSG. Like the family, the Dolan T- family. I can't. I can't imagine the, like the, the uh, Knicks. That, the Knicks don't have naming rights, so the Knicks. Yeah, the it's, Suns, just, it's just Madison, and, and, yeah, and we the, all know Madison and the Utah Jazz. So, so number one is the Toronto Raptors, thirty million a year. What really? It, in Catalans or in statement? American dollars? Real money or funny money? Fake Canadian money or? Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, yeah, like, yeah, ten million dollars yeah. in Canadian is like eleven. <laughs> yeah, like we, all, we could be popping that off the tab talk down. Yeah, yeah, right. This is all all USD. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was wondering wh- why wouldn't uh, like why wouldn't one of these like Canopy Growth hasn't sponsored like the fucking Maple Leafs or some shit? So you know? is I, that like a hockey team? I just made that up. So that sounds I, like I heard that oh, like early recreational cannabis. I remember rumors of Open Vape trying to do uh, Mile High, uh, and and them like not going for it because I get it. It's cannabis. like it's yeah. a pun. You, wait, <laughs> do you, James, do you get it? I, I think I get like, it. I, I think high? I think okay. I understand, but right. I, I, let's, I let's, afterward we'll talk about afterwards to make okay. sure. But but yeah, all, he is wearing Amley on Dior, so you uh, never know. <laughs> let's let's hit the let's hit the the next tab. Here. Okay, well, okay, all right, fine, fine, fine. I just think uh, I don't know. I, I just want to say I think Crypto.com. If you're gonna spend ten million dollars, twenty million dollars a year to name something, like at least make it's 2021, baby. Throw in a URL. You know what I mean? Get some type in traffic. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, uh, I did like that uh, someone pointed out that the Instagram location on like, and, like, backdating changed. So if you tagged the Staples Center in, like, a photo, it now oh. has uh, back-tagged Ooh. to the Crypto.com sick. arena, which is actually kind of sick and worth a ton of money. Because think yeah. about how many athletes, how many other... I was like, oh, like, that's like... like they, they definitely had Instagram as part of the deal. You got that guy from Crypto.com being like, look, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it be- it's better retroactively. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> All right, cool. I think yeah. I, I, it's in- interesting right. stuff. What, what, do we, what do we got next? Oh, this is Oren. Go for it, Oren. All right. Yeah, popping on to the next tab. So this is a letter to uh, the two partners for a VC firm uh, called Lux Capital. So uh, I know Lux because Lux was the lead investor at a, a company I was at called Hangar that was acquired by another Lux company called called Airmap. Uh, and so the, these guys are uh, they're super 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 smart guys by far like the most sophisticated kind of uh, leads of any, of any company that that I've been in and. Uh, they they their whole kind of thesis is really betting on you know giant moonshots like real technical moonshots they have you know they, they have Matterport they have Sail Drone they have Endural they have Desktop Metal they have like all kinds of these like really interesting companies I think they have Planet Labs um, just like really high tech like long like long tail tech uh, moves but they publish their entire um, like letter to partners which they don't usually do usually just goes to the partners kind of publicly for the first time for Q3. And uh, a couple notes I want to call out from this I thought were interesting is, first, their firm has seen $27 billion in enterprise value and exit activity in the last 18 months, which Ooh. is just a like speaking to just how absolutely ridiculous like the markets are right now, especially around tech. Uh, and then a big portion that they've devoted inside this letter, and I really recommend everyone take the time to read it because you've got some really like thoughtful commentary on the you know current state of uh, investment and uh, in technology but they say you know valuations have risen diligence has fallen and there was an excess of excess which really kind of resonated with me uh, because I think that's something that we see all along uh, and they were noting that they've had a lot of companies that have been able to use SPACs and just raise a ton of money in this market and they noted that their advice to them was to use cash to consolidate their suppliers consolidate competitors and to get their hands on coveted talent 
which I think is just an interesting set of advice for if you're sitting on 500 million bucks. It's like, all right, consolidate suppliers, acquire your competitors, and like get talent at all costs. Uh, they also have some notes about like insane seed rounds. I actually think this is funny because when I was at Hangar and Lux invested, it was a part of a $6.5 million seed round, which is the largest seed round ever in Austin at that time and the subject of a lot of conversation. And I think all of us there were being were like a little bit like, I don't know, almost, almost skeptical as to how we're like, man, we're taking on a lot of money really early. Uh, but now it's like $100 million post-money seed rounds is <laughs> like not uncommon whatsoever. Um, so I, like, I encourage everyone to go to the Lux website and look at some of their investments and then, then kind of read this letter. But overall, a lot of things to kind of look at here uh, just in terms of how frothy the market are, using capital, et cetera. Uh, curious on, on y'all thoughts on some of this. So the, are these the... the I feel like we looked at this a while ago. One of the companies they invested in is like trying to isolate the genes in the the descendants <laughs> of like the Incans. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That made them <laughs> like long distance that, that sounds runners. like it fits the thesis. Yeah, like like yeah. they're they're truly like, hey, do you have an idea that is absolutely right. like mind blowing real? But then you also have like some really 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 like you got like four PhDs and four like engineers that you can't even have human conversations with. Like <laughs> yeah. sign it. Uh, no, so I, I think one of their companies was like trying to isolate the uh, the genetic traits that make certain groups of people um, like really, really good at certain things like the Incans and I think their, uh, their like lung capacity or, or something like that was one of them. There, there are like Let's several. go. And it was all That's just like where I want really, it. yeah. I don't want Jeff Bezos sending himself to space. I right. want dudes trying to like isolate the genes of the Incans for their <laughs> breath capacity. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. Looking at uh, this, the, there's something here that sort of is like terrifying to me and I haven't gotten a chance to read the whole thing because and actually to, to answer some people's questions, I had somebody ask me this recently. We don't actually know which tabs we're all going to share with each other until like right before we talk about it, right? So this is all off the cuff essentially. But they're on this, uh, on page nine, there is a, a horrifically terrifying stat they've gotten there that says uh, a 1% move in interest rates could cause a 20% or more plunge in equities. And that is, for some reason, that just is terrifying to me. I think that we're all... We're all so used to, forget crypto, just equities markets. I think people, all of us that play in crypto and in equities are, equities being like stocks for everyone that, that, that doesn't know. Like all of us that play in both those worlds, I think we get used to these obscene returns in crypto. And we think that sort of the way that like equities markets are going feels like sort of safe and calm in comparison. But I think it's important to, to take a reminder, take a step back. Like equities markets have just been like, gripping and ripping it to the moon ripping yeah. yeah like in a scary well, way and that's what they do inside this they do something really interesting i'm a huge fan of scenario planning i do it almost all the time it's like part of uh do you have a go bag like, i'm not like a, men a mental models dude so you have like a to-go bag you have a go bag for you and your family in case it goes down <laughs> you know, no 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 i just more to mean like in terms of anything you're doing like from a business perspective oh, it's okay. like all right what's our sales strategy like okay let's do scenarios versus just like coming up with us with a strategy and so what they've done inside here i thought was interesting is they kind of do like two almost comical scenarios to make a point. They're like, all right, do we think the market is like, what's our, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? And they lay out the best case scenario, which is like markets keep ripping. It's this time in 2022, crypto's at an all time high because people see it as super viable. You know, all this money that we've been pumping into the market continues, you know, rates are low, all these companies are still going. And we're like, wow, this is the truly the most legendary bull run that has ever existed in humankind. And we're all working and collaborating together as a world to, you know, make that happen, which is, and you're kind of like, get skeptical about that. You're like, ah, is that really gonna be the case? And then they go the worst case scenario, which is like one of the major exchanges, you know, has gotten hacked 
And like I was down for two days and then equities markets changed by like, again, 2% leading to a 40% plunge in acting. And you're just like, oh my God, you know, like this, the, and, and they're like, well, our thesis is it's going to land somewhere in the middle, but this is how you have to think about this is like when you're making investments is, is this thing going to last in scenario one? Is there enormous upside? And in scenario two, does it survive? And I think that's a, uh, a super interesting way to, to think about things. I would also would recommend if you are looking at like business planning or your startup planning, it's like lay out three scenarios. I really think through what's happening in the world and, and like kind of put those things in play. And if you're doing that constantly, it's an interesting way to look at the world. So you always have like your, you know, you know, you have an adaptable kind of shiftable strategy. Yeah. I mean, I think what's cool about tab talk is when we, when we did this exercise for tab talk, we saw the only three scenarios as number one, <laughs> number one business podcast in the world, number, number one entrepreneurship podcast in the world, number two business podcast in the world. And then number three business podcast in the world. Those are the only three, right? Or what well, you... luckily we're, we're fulfilling. Like, look, we at least we have the uh, we have the easily the most expensive CPMs in the business world. So I would, would count that as a good as a success currently. You know, currently. So high wanna, that we refuse to take money yet. I just would like to like like to thank you for bringing eleven pages of pure text to the Sunday evening uh, <laughs> uh, podcast recording. Uh, I, I called out some bullets. Well, this is, and I'll talk about this a little more inside the, uh, in, in this, uh, one, one of my, my later tabs in here, but this is really the, uh, I think this is where we're at right now in the world because there's so much happening here with everything happening in crypto and DAOs and like the whole like do your own research. But if you're not like, I'm reading more than I, I haven't read a book this entire year. I've read like maybe one book, which is, I used to read like a book a week and I'm reading like crypto white papers, crypto, the DeFi documentation, like investor reports, all these giant like compendiums of resources about like these new concepts constantly because like that's the only way you're going to be able to keep up. So I, as much as I know we don't want that like 11 page uh, tab in there on a Sunday night, like that's probably what everyone listening to this pod who's spending their Sunday night doing is their research. So shut, shut it down. Go hit print on uh, tabtalk.io <laughs> and, and, and read this investor letter. Siri, read me <laughs> yeah. page yeah. Yeah. yeah, robotically. No, no, All I think... Right. What's next? What's next? Next one right, is, go is mine. It is... Uh, it's an old... Web I don't want to... It's, it's a website called blackhatworld.com. Oh, yeah. I want to be... I want to preface this with that I don't want to send anyone of the anyone listening down a path of doing... Things that are illegal or black hat or i.e. not allowed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sit this one out, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of like a, as a strictly, <laughs> we're just kind of a strictly above board section of the pod that I can participate in. Yeah, yeah. No, this is none of us have ever. Per, I've never partaken in this. No, I'll be. I'll be candid. So blackhatworld.com is a is a self proclaimed black hat SEO forum. So black hat search and optimization forum. Um, black hat meaning again, it really means against terms of service, right? Like things that are not allowed. Essentially, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, illegal. Um, now, when I first discovered this forum, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to talk about my <clears throat> my username on here. I haven't posted on here in years and years. But it was uh, <laughs> Jamie Camp. <laughs> yeah, just James Camp. It's a picture of me. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. But I was. Uh, no, no one's ever going to know. <laughs> I was a moderator on this forum when I was like 17. I'm 33, so I think that should give some context to how long ago it was but it, now it is just seo stuff so it's just like backlinks and how to rank websites but when i was on this years ago it was like money twitter before money twitter it was like people posting step-by-step -step breakdowns and methods of like how to make money like online or how to spam craigslist or how to send a million emails and not catch spam filters right it was these when people put threads on money twitter that people love today that's what black hat world was back in the day and i encourage Anyone who's like interested in just like SEO or making money online or just wants to go down a rabbit hole of total weird chaos to 
to go to blackhatworld.com. I mean, I'm there right now, and the banner on top that I see right now is AWS credits for sale. Uh, it says AWS accounts with $5,000, $10,000, $25,000 credits for sale. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm sure if you want to buy an AWS account with 25,000 credits, you can buy it for $2,500. Um, anyway, I just, this is, it's just fascinating and fun to me. Uh, and so I don't know. Let's yeah. just rattle off like some of the, so th this is a forum and there's a bunch of threads on here. First of all, shout out forums, the original discord, yes, sir. uh, way more, way more functional than discord because you don't have to just sit there and watch it all day to, uh, participate but so some of the things going on here you've got instagram scrape scraping you've got the aws credits james mentioned which is an actual ad um uh what else we got we got theme based for database leaked for nine dollars you can theme, get everything theme forest on theme database. <laughs> oh my god so that's probably like that's probably nine figures worth of code <laughs> and and templates uh, what else we got? Let's see, the ultimate guide to making five hundred to a thousand dollars a day buying and selling NFTs. Ooh, this, this could be. Yeah, avoid. Don't click on that one. Yeah, don't. <laughs> well, I think that we all we all might need that advice. <laughs> if, uh, you know, things continue the way they're looking. Yeah, uh, might, yeah. Might be buying a paid course. Please, yeah, please. No, this is full on free, baby. This is just a free breakdown. But anyway, so I think this <clears> looks <throat> pretty. This looks like pretty PG thirteen compared to. Yes. Back in the day. I think so. Like back the, in the day, really it was a lot down. of borderline fraud stuff. And there was like a lot like, of like probably more spam than fraud. Yes. Right? Spam, like a yeah. ton of like full on spam. And obviously like, um, like, yeah, just like how to beat spam filters and how to, and how to do all that stuff. I think there was like, you'll see some stuff where people were like there, this, I won't, I will never post a link to some of these. Like there are other forums that are just for like hacking and like, like card skimming forums and stuff like that. Like that's not a world I've ever played in and definitely for sure, for sure. And it's not something, I would, it, but it's like, this is not that. This is really just about like sort of what are the backdoor ways that people build websites and make money online, right? Um, like, I don't know. I, I, I've worked with the start. I've worked with startups in the past with stuff I learned from here. We were growing, um, like growing Facebook pages by building hundreds of fake Facebook accounts and then sharing content from those pages to, thousands of different Facebook groups, right? And like that's, the reason that's Black Hat is because it's one person that's got 100 different Facebook, Facebook accounts and you're just trying to make sure that you don't hit the limit that Facebook says you can only post in 10 groups a day or something, right? So right. I wouldn't say that anyone's being harmed there in any regard, right? But it's just sort of like, you know, how to- how, yeah, how, Just how, democracy. <laughs> just, just straight democracy. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, there's not a huge amount to dive into because there's too much to dive into. You know what I mean? There's just so much um, that's on there. But I think that, well, yeah, it just comes down to that idea that like anything that if you want, you want to build a business online, you want alpha on something, the the its answers are all out there. This is really like it, this is really just a world of can you Google and spend time on the internet and then put those into action or not? Are you one of those people or are you not? I, and if you're not one of those people, then it's literally a switch in your head of just like just learn how to use Google, which is surprisingly harder than I think some people might might think because most people just don't know how to fucking do it. And then can you? Just take the plunge into doing the actions, and then like the, the world is your oyster. Money is a concept. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I I think thank you, Oren, for caviar the more lunch. eloquently. Because the reality is, the reason I find this fascinating is because forums like Black Hat World, Wicked Fire was another really big one that doesn't exist anymore. But before Money Twitter, like if you wanted to, if you could do, if you went a deep dive into Google and we're trying to figure out how to how to build a website or how to run an e-commerce store or how to sell shoutouts on your Instagram page, like these are the homes in which you would learn to do it. 
uh, and instead of money Twitter. So I just think it's interesting as someone who spends so much time on Twitter to see where it all came from. You know, here here's a good example of the kind of stuff you find on Black Hat World. So this is a thread uh, where people are talking about uh, uploading uh, original audio to Spotify and then having a physical farm uh, stream it stream that track from multiple devices to earn royalties, right? So they're taking like, I don't know, either royalty-free music or just like, it could be literally a blank audio track. And then they, they're probably running a bunch of proxies to have like 50 or 100 different uh, users uh, stream that audio and then, and then have the royalties come back to the, you know, quote, artists that uploaded the original track. And look, and I guarantee this is what all our competitive money Twitter podcasts, that's that's what they're doing to rank up those numbers. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, we, 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 we see y'all. I'm not going to yeah. name names yet. Not yet, but there's uh, no way boys are putting up the numbers they're claiming to put up because we're out here grinding and no one's listening. But, <laughs> hey, b- before we move on, uh, uh, as Oren knows, he used to do things in the music industry and one of the more successful managers that I worked with and knew then uh, is currently making a significant amount of money on uh, uh, white noise tracks on Spotify. Sick. And uh, so like, you know, raindrops falling in a pond and and these kind of things, like big, big Related to that, I I got a homie doing like like playlist alpha. He's got the, he's got the hustle of like, he's like, everything's about playlists, right? And there's all these kids, like these Gen Z kids who are making playlists and they have like hella friends and those playlists like catch traction. And he's got the like VA finding the like Facebook, Instagram, Finsta, like of, like of these kids, like doing the work no one will do to get like hundreds of 300 to 500 person playlists, like before they blow up to like list like bands he manages songs and like the level to which people are going to like do some of this stuff is like absolutely outrageous. It's so before TikTok, I don't know if you guys remember, so TikTok used to be called Musical.ly. It like had a different name, but by dance. I, had, I, I was on Musically every day back when it was. Yeah. Were you know, really? Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No. When well, it was so cool. I just would not have blown my mind because Musically was like I don't know. A lot of bands blew up on Musically. Like a lot of people got a lot of traction on Musically. Oh, for sure. And the way, and I knew there were people that had these big Musically like accounts, right? And they had these networks of accounts, and they would charge labels to blow up artists. I mean, obviously, I don't think like major, major, major artists were, were doing it, but like the ones to go viral and and. Uh, and blow them up. And Musical.ly was, I think it was just people like lip syncing over tracks. I think yeah. it was like preteens lip syncing. Well, yeah, right. I mean, which just is, goes back to like like the chain smokers management hacking the hype machine. Like this has been like, <laughs> the alpha has been there for since like day one, you know. You got to grind it out. You got to grind it out. Um, <clears throat> but so anyway, I think people, I, anyone who likes money on Twitter, I think would like this website. I swear my life, this is not me just saying this, like I would avoid anything that is weird or sketchy, you know, there's, but I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, like, learning this type of stuff is what got me gigs, like, as a growth hacking mentor at Google, right? Like, just, like, figuring out, like, how do you acquire customers at really cost-efficient manners and monetize them better? And so I think understanding all the mechanics is really exciting and interesting stuff for people, even if you don't end up using all those the tools. I would like to call it, we should refer to, and whenever you refer to James, you refer to James Camp, growth hacking mentor at Google, <laughs> or former growth hacking mentor at Google. It really has, it has a ring to it. I, I love really it. Does. I just, I just, just unpacked a box and I found my sweatshirt that, that Google had given me to, to wear as a mentor. I'm going to start wearing it. Ooh, you got, yeah, uh, he still wears his like visitor name tag all the time. Like, he's like, popping in. So I'd be like, oh, sorry, brother. So fresh from, fresh from mentoring. It's like uh, peeling on, off. On it's like super dirty and peeling off everywhere. Uh, but yeah, no, that's my pod. What do we got next? What's up next? Oren? 
All right, I'm popping into the next one. So this one is, uh, it's called DAOs, a canon. I have to take this back into crypto, but we're going back into crypto. So this is part of uh, A16Z, uh, Anderson, Anderson Horowitz's, uh, they have a crypto canon series. And basically what that means is they'll, they'll basically compile a online guide. They'll take 30, 40 super relevant links on a subject. And they, they've done this on uh, NFTs and much of kind of other things. And they'll just kind of publish it out there as part of their content initiative. And, and there's, they've actually been hiring a lot of media people to work over at A16Z as well, which is a whole separate conversation. But, uh, but really this is where, um, uh, I did a bunch of research because we were trying to start the tab talk DAO. And this is my excuse to, t- to talk about the tab talk DAO, uh, because, you know, I was like, all right, you know, we, we decided, uh, us just arguing over making decisions via text and, you know, <laughs> is, it's just going to get awkward at some point. And why don't we dive in? Let's build, let's, uh, yeah, actually experience it in the first place. And, um, so we started to do that. So I actually spent quite a lot of time looking into what the right DAOs are to work on. I think we've mentioned this in pods before, but looked at Tezos home base and like, it's not really a thing. Like doesn't actually work, and like there's like a disclaimer, like may not work, you know, <laughs> like when you actually go to sign up. And then there's the the Solana one, which is really just like a lead form, which is like submit your beta, and like they never hit us back. And uh, and I submitted as Colin too, so you'd think it would like have some time, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I you mean, know, fuck. like you know, uh, I knew if I I knew if I sent it in there, they'd be like. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was like, yeah. What do you guys? This guy want to do? He wants to make, wants to make a DAO about crown molding. Uh, but then, uh, but then, uh, and then I went. We went to uh, it was Alchemy, and I went to Alchemy. And literally, I, I set up all the things to make our DAO, and then the last button that clicks submit just doesn't work. <laughs> I was just like, okay, we're like this is like really where we're at. And I looked at Avalanche, and uh, and it was like, okay, not even an option to make a DAO. There's not even like if you go through all the apps on Avalanche and you like. Control F DAO, like there's just like one of them that has it in the name, and there's like nothing else in there, uh, so no options there. And then so we stumbled upon Aragon, um, which is the one we ended up using to try and make this. And and, uh, and I thought Aragon was actually super interesting and part of, it. and they're one of the ones that was mentioned inside this article, which is why it's bringing it up. And Aragon was the most, they're an open source uh, DAO platform on Ethereum. What I thought they were super interesting is there's two options to create your DAO. And the one that I thought would work for us was called Govern, but then you actually have to look at what's the infrastructure to, to about making a decentralized autonomous organization. So you actually you need to have your you know, agreement between the people. You need to have a token that you're using. And that token is like, if you someone wants to actually raise an issue, you, know, you have to decide how many tokens does it take to even be able to raise an issue. And then what's your threshold of winning a vote? Is it 67% or 50%? How long is your is your default amount? Like you have two days to vote or seven days to vote to kind of activate people. Um, any kind of number of these things. One of the biggest ones that was interesting was dispute resolution, which is one of the reasons I think none of these places have really big uh, actual places uh, to where you can actually build a DAO because you know, Aragon has what's called court. And so a court is a smart contract. You put the smart contract into your, uh, into your DAO when you're creating it. And then if you have a dispute, you bring it to court and there's what's called guardians who are people that own the token of Aragon court who if you own a certain amount of tokens, you have the right to basically be called as a juror to resolve these disputes. But I was like in this one, which is probably the most major, like most used of these DAO ones, there's like, you know, there's not that many people on it. And this is on Ethereum, on the most popular one. So if you're like on Solana, like in the back corner of this and trying to make your DAO, like, okay, how are you recruiting people and like the infrastructure and a super extensive smart contract for that? But one of the things I enjoyed about signing up under Aragon, just proving how early all this is, is, is it auto basically decides uh, when you sign up for Aragon Govern, how you want to resolve disputes and says, okay, enter the address for the smart contract you want to use to, to dispute. And we're auto going to enter Aragon Court's smart contract. But then when you go click next on the thing, it's like, well, that smart contract isn't valid. And I was like, this is the smart contract y'all motherfucker. And then you go to Google. I go like, you search through every documentation. There's no actual link to the proper smart contract. So I'm out here like, 
copying contracts from Etherscan, being like, eh, well, this one, yeah. let's try it out. Uh, but then at the end of the day, we ended up go submitting it, and it was like $456 in gas to just submit it. Not even to like then reshare right. tokens and do all these things. And I was just like, all right, this is, you know, it's really, it's a tool for bigger organizations than us. But that's the kind of the point, right? Just is digging in and building. That's also the point of this tab is like all these resources are out there being compiled by like the smartest, most effective people, you know, in technology and then presented to the public. And so if you want to go, you know, I probably spent four to five hours on like researching and trying out these DAOs. And now I actually feel like I know way, 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 way more than I did when I started. Uh, and then the main thing I learned is it's still super early. And if you're not trying to like buy the Magna Carta, it might not be time to do your DAO. <laughs> um, but uh, like it's a, uh, all those tools are there. And I think this is where people should be pursuing. And if you are interested in that and why we think this is the future, um, you should dive in here. But I want to direct this to Colin and that he tweeted something earlier about like DAOs are what companies were supposed to be. And I'd like to get some clarity on your intention there. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole concept of DAOs is fascinating. I think the like decentralized and autonomous part is like probably like the least important part of 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 the whole concept. I mean, generally speaking with Web3, I think that uh, Web3 itself is fascinating. I think the mechanics and uh, the dynamics and like the way that these things work uh, is the important part and, and how those things will apply to the real world. Um, is, is super interesting. So what I meant by that is like, if you think about the core things that people are using uh, a DAO for right now, it's, it's the treasury and then it's the, the voting and decision-making. And that sounds a lot like a company that has shareholders that that get to vote on things based on how many shares they have, or potentially based on the class of those shares. Um, and uh, the, the irony of that is that uh, in the context of a company and with shareholders, uh, this stuff lives in like disparate databases all over the place that are managed by people or brokerages or apps um, or not at all or on paper. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that, you know, it, it really reminded me of we were talking with Nick at our office a couple months ago about uh, Tilray and Tilray kind of became the subject of a meme stock. So they have like hundreds of thousands of shareholders and then they go to do a vote and they literally can't track these people down because it's like 100,000 Robinhood users, right? And the mechanics of the how stocks are supposed to vote like yeah. aren't changing with technology. Like right. to actually go fix that's a lot different than like voting on updating the smart contract. The, if you look at like the absolute basics of a DAO, which is like this is how we see who shareholders are and then those shareholders vote according to what they hold. Like that's what a, like that is how a company is supposed to be governed. And uh, if nothing else, well, it's a way it cleaner of doing it. At this, what, at, I don't, what I think about this is like, I, I, this, this comes back to the key of like, okay, is democracy a good thing or should just the smart people well, be telling people what to do? Well, well, and well, like, that's a good well, hard, yeah. well so, so a company doesn't, isn't necessarily, I'm not saying that it needs to be a hundred, like hundreds of thousands of people owning those tokens. Uh, totally. Whoever yeah. owns the tokens, uh, like makes those decisions, right? Like, and, and having it like on a ledger where you can see it versus like a piece of paper that's in somebody's file cabinet. So isn't that just perpetuating back to who owns the most money well, is the person who makes the decisions, you know, like, which uh, is something I think, that I'm I think kind who, of skeptical on. I think who owns the most equity. So hold right. on. This is and, a great... And, and so they, should and, they be making all the decisions? Uh, <laughs> no, but they should be voting. But let me ask you guys a question. And, is a governance token equity? It's not. 
Well, no, no, but yeah. the, these mechanics, right? Like you oh, have sure. you have the governance, you, you have the treasury, yeah. you have like the 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 holders make decisions about what to do with, right? Like sure. it's all the again, it's like it's the the mechanics that are happening are way more important than yeah. than the fact yeah, that it's and on I'm throwing some of these kind of contrarian things out here just no. in terms of devil advocate because this is the point of the conversation, right? Is like how corporate structure is now or how investor structure is now or how companies have ownership versus like this new kind of more fundamental tool here and then like what's going to come out of it and how do we engineer that towards something that people feel is effective because that's what the name of this is right is let's make effective decisions is probably the, the core purpose of this and i mean going beyond the decision element right like orin and i've been talking a lot about like what you know we have a friends and family discount at our stores we need to have a shareholder discount and yada 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 and and kind of borrowing from a lot of these uh, Web3 projects in terms of the the perks and the functionality that come out of holding X. And uh, that that uh, that brings brings us back to this too, like like in being able to prove that. And all of that revolves around this. It's all very, very Dow-esque. And I think that uh, it's what companies have always wanted to be. So I or, think or claimed, you or claimed to be not doing an ICO. <laughs> so, but I think it's interesting. You got you got bring up a slightly like a very interesting debate to me, which is a much deeper existential question about like can people govern themselves or can people govern like should should people be able to dem- like should democracy work where everyone has say? And I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, especially within a company, right? But the other well, the, you guys brought the Tilray thing, and not to bring this back to the TradFi stuff too much, but. So each state has different laws, right? As we all know, right? Each state has different laws, but of corporate governance as well. And so a lot of public companies will end up forming in Nevada on purpose because of voting rights. So in certain states, if you hold a shareholder vote, you actually have to get a majority of all shareholders that exist to vote um, and get the majority of, sorry, the majority of all shareholders that exist have to vote on something for it to be passed. Whereas I believe in the state of Nevada, it's the majority of shareholders that show up to vote uh, ha- can can get something passed, right? So th- that's obviously in a, in a thing like Tilray, where there's you know a couple hundred thousand shareholders and you can't track them all down. If it's a, if it's Nevada Corp, it doesn't matter as much because all you need is the ones who show up to actually. So are, are you familiar with the Ontario rule set, or is that? <laughs> yeah. No, but I do know a lot about OCS, the Ontario <laughs> Cannabis Store, and that whole yeah. and, and that whole breakdown. But it's more, so it's more of a province-based system. Than the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I you know I, this also not you know, I, it it is interesting to think about uh, equity versus like uh, like decision making. Right, because I'm not sure that everyone like if I start a company, I want to be able to sell equity to people and not necessarily give them rights to vote, right? And so even though this solves a problem, I, I may not want this problem to be solved. No, no, but I, I think that that's I think that that is the point, and that how that works is defined by the smart contract, right? Sure. And so the way that works in in, uh, in in companies is by having different shares, having different classes that have different voting rights, et cetera. And it's the same thing. Sure. And and I bet we see something like that becomes a big part of DAOs in the future. And Web3, which big shot, I love Web3 stuff, but like <laughs> I bet it's going to be a whole thing about how the different types of tokens have different functionalities. And it's like... The, yeah. it's, how it, long you operated your masternode yeah. contributes yeah. to yeah. the... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like a founder share or yada, yada, yada. Sure. And, and I'm saying all that like kind of in a... Uh, like I think it's amazing. Like, no, I think I you're think right. It's amazing, and and the parallels are crazy. And I think that generally, like DAOs or some of these blockchain pieces, are how you can bring 
the things that companies have always set out to do like into a actual manageable way. Sure. And I and think my favorite part about this is, is the default timing that it is when you sign up for DAOs. It's like default time to vote on something. It's like seven days or something. Like that. And I was like, okay, so really we were just making this harder and worse than anything <laughs> which is an organization currently. So, it was a cl- classic crypto solution. <laughs> to be clear, we, we want to and will do a DAO uh, just kind of to, to be in it and, and do the thing. Uh, you know, we were just talking about like, all right, if we need to put some money into like production value, we could either, you know, kind of all Venmo each other when it's time to pay for X, or we could put it into a place. And if we're putting it into a place, it should probably be into our DAO's treasury so that we can then also use that to make decisions and uh, the gas fees were too high. Is this so. going to be fixed though with ETH2? Is that the, that's the plan, right? Like the plan is that this is going to get better, right? Hopefully. <laughs> well, uh, well, with ETH2 ETH or is it Doge DAO? Or Shiba Dao? <laughs> I thought it was Badger Dao. Bad, oh, Badger, right. yeah. You know what? Yeah, Not today, because yeah. I don't think today's the day. Once we, once I'm 100% sure about my Badger Dao, like without unequivocally, we'll do a deep dive into my, bad, into my Badger Dao, because maybe one of our listeners can answer the question for us. Uh, yeah, that, that old Badger Dao bounty. All right, moving on, moving on. Let's go back to uh, the world of e-commerce marketing. Yes. With our, finally, our, our finally. Uh, young man, James Camp. What's going on? So right here we have fantastictexts.com. Um, fantastictexts.com, I don't know why I have a hard time saying it, is really just like a, a repository, I guess, of really good SMS marketing texts. And I think this is important because uh, in general, A, SMS marketing is Clearly, it's it, very, very efficacious for everyone, everyone who's ever done SMS marketing. It works incredibly well. But I think what's really important about SMS marketing is to do it correctly. And I think that people forget that different channels should be approached differently. So email, everyone knows what it's like to get an email. You can get a promo email and it feels fine. But an SMS message, a message to my cell phone, a text message to me, needs to feel personalized and needs to feel unique and clever and needs to be only approached to people that are a certain point in a sales funnel, essentially, where I feel comfortable with you doing a one-on-one, a, a, reaching out to my phone. It's very, it feels like invasive if you've done it wrong, right? So I get spam SMS texts sometimes and I hate them. But if that same spam email came in, I'd be like, oh, whatever, move on to the next one. But if you start spamming me texts, please believe I'm livid and I don't want to talk to you more. So you have to do a really good job with it. And so that I think is important. And I, and since I am a self-proclaimed uncreative person, and I think that my, my, one of my core competencies is taking things that other people do and iterating them and making them better for things I work on. I think this is just a fantastic place to start um, for people that want to get into, you know, that are doing e-commerce and are interested in looking at, at and, using and I'm SMS. Actually, I'm interested in this too because I, I, I get a lot of SMS texts because I constantly sign up for almost like any marketing thing just so I can kind of see what, what people do. Um, but then one of the things I've noticed is that people just default to like sending it as a promotional text. And I was like, why? All the good ones that I get are basically sent as a person. It's like, yep. hey, this is Josh or Julie or whoever texting me. Yeah. And like trying, even if they're not real, like establishing that relationship where you don't quite know and it's just super personable. And I'm like, why wouldn't everyone just do that? You know, like that. I don't know. I know, I and I think, can do, I think you can do it. I think you can do it with, and whether it's fully personalized or using conditional logic, where it sends people down certain paths, right? If they say yes or no, right? Like, and that's how uh, ManyChat works, which also ManyChat does uh, for like uh, Facebook Messenger, ManyChat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 all that and all that good stuff. But I just think, I don't know. I think that if you can do really good SMS marketing, it's phenomenal. A, B. Uh, I do think it's funny. I, I, for everyone who works in e-commerce that works with agencies, 
whenever agencies show you like a deck, like a slide deck and a pitch deck, they'll be like, oh, SMS, we did 12,000% ROI, which I think is fucking hilarious because the only reason they say that is because you actually have to pay like a, like a thousandth of the cent to send each SMS, you know? So they're like, we spent $18 and pulled in 12,000 sales. And it's I like, I, I don't crazy. think trans, I don't think the cost of transactional like email and text, uh, like is an ROI, right? Yeah, yeah, is like considered an ad spend. Yeah, but or, but or but I'm telling yeah. you, go talk to any agency and ask them about their SMS, and they will show you really high ROI numbers. And I I actually I don't want to call them out because I actually love the agency and I love the owner and they did they're they're great. But an agency I was working with for media buying was like pitching us on SMS stuff, and they showed us this deck and they're like, yeah, we did twelve thousand percent ROI. And I was like, yeah, I just want to stop 12, you right 000. there. Well, I was like, I'm gonna stop you right there. If, what's your ROI on email? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, email's free, yeah, right? So it's yeah. like infinite, right? Like, so hypothetically, like... like you you divide the MailChimp subscription by the number. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like, it's a skewed metric. It's a ridiculous <laughs> metric to show people. But um, it is, a, it is a, I think, a really awesome tool if you, can, if you can use it. And I think that a lot of people feel it, it might be overwhelming and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to do it. So I think something like fantastictext.com is a, you know, is a cool way to do it. And right here, they've got a... They've got a a link for sms-templates.com, which is their SMS automation template library, free for anyone to use. So, you know? so this is all postscript.io yep. uh, content marketing, which is a, a Shopify uh, platform for SMS. And on the Postscript site, they have an ROI calculator. Oh, and you just plug in your store value and then how many texts you need. <laughs> no, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, but do they really have an ROI uh, calculator? So, so James, James, yeah, there's an ROI calculator like in yeah uh, on PostScript. But James, you may not know this, but ten, no, probably twelve years ago, uh, I did a SMS marketing uh, SaaS startup. I did not uh, before Twilio. Before Twilio, Oren Oren stepped foot in that office once. It was it was a strange time, but uh, we uh, we pre. I think Twilio actually kind of like. Twilio came out in the middle of it. Um, before we used Twilio, we had uh, basically burner phones connected to our <laughs> servers. I mean, I mean, really, like connect, it, it was all above board. Like we had a special plan with the with the providers, but it was literally we had servers with uh, with cell phones plugged into the USB and uh, and just gripping and ripping. That's and a we, grind. We were getting uh, small businesses at like forty nine, fifty bucks a month. Uh, to like, have a text list and send it messages. That's sick. I also love, love that because that's like some true grind. I'm just like, like you ever see those memes of like, of like, like you know, bot farms in China that are just like ten thousand yeah. iPhones and there's like someone just like, <laughs> like <laughs> swiping <laughs> everyone. I'm just envisioning yeah. Colin and this WeWork. For I mean, for <laughs> us, it was like Twilio didn't exist yet. Sure. Uh, which is like this is like, I mean, I'm sure if you. I don't know, not to get too deep with it, but if you had a short code, it was a different ball game. But what we were doing was like more or less what, like the way that it was done, because also SMS was not really hardly a thing back then. We like, could do we're a, talking a dive. Literally 10 years, 12 years. We could do a deep dive into like a, a real short code. Uh, it's crazy expensive if you want to own a short code like for yourself. Seven, I think like 70K. Yeah, I was going to say 70,000. 70, I yeah, think it's 70,000. Yeah. Normally people share short codes, right? Like, right. Right, like pretty much always. Yeah, but if you want to not really own. a good reason to own it, yeah. But it's a it's a fascinating space. Actually, I don't want to just knock Postscript because it's hilarious that it's an ROI calculator, but I do want to actually shout out Postscript now that you brought it up because Postscript has a really cool, totally free 
um, like SMS certification, an entire, it's like 10 hours of like learning SMS marketing and how to do it correctly. And a lot of my thoughts on SMS being personalized and only going to people at the right moment in the funnel, it's just me parroting stuff I, I learned when I did the PostScript certification myself. Oh, so you got the, so Google Mentor, PostScript certified. <laughs> PostScript certified. PostScript certified, <laughs> certified SMS tech advisor. <laughs> Hey, look, and the moral of the story here is, uh, you know, follow Colin Lanforce on Community for text <laughs> uh, director phone. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, build, super, builders build yeah. on Community. Uh, all right, so what is the best uh, SMS marketing that, that you guys are getting right now? Are you getting anyone that's actually texting you with anything worth mentioning? I get bad ones. I'm, I'm not. I, I get bad I'm ones. Getting, I, I'm like, I'm deep in Amuse cannabis deliveries, and it's just like, super duper deal. Like, and that's that's it. I get CB2 is all right. I get like GIFs of like furniture. And I'm Ooh. like, yeah, you know, do their, uh, there's one, there's a coffee company called Brew Bike that's like fairly decent. Um, that's at least like kind of friendly and upbeat. But yeah, there's like absolutely nothing good in there. Like really, like probably the best tech text message marketing is just like, you know, uh, trad, trad fi OGs trying to, uh, you know, sell you various things. Well, the, I'll <laughs> like, tell you, hey, the, brother, the, one, uh, the, one, the one, the one I actually get pretty often, which I hate, which is so shitty and like, and it's actually worked on me, is there's a company when I was ordering um, industrial, when I, I was smoking industrial hemp, right? Um, and when I was buying hemp from Colorado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got, I got to buy the camera. I forgot to buy the camera, you guys. We've got to start recording these. A lot of orange faces when I say certain things. I can't wait for the audience to see. Like, he's like smoking industrial hemp and I'm just like, he's either like yeah, I, eyes open a little wider. <laughs> or like <yeah>. terrified. <laughs> Like before, when I was talking about like, the black doing, stuff. Brother? He's like, what, yeah. "What's going on here?" You're, you're in Cal. You're in California now, man. Um, but I, I, I smoked a little industrial hemp for a long time. It just sounds. I say industrial. It sounds weird. Hemp. You know, I smoked. Yeah, he's, he's more of a cloves guy. He's really just smoking <laughs> cloves. It's really cannabis. Right? Very low THC cannabis sativa. Anyway, it's, um, it's cannabis adjacent. Um, it was from this website from this uh, in Colorado called Canna Comforts. But honestly, they just literally once every holiday they do one text and it's just like. What up? And there's no name or anything. Just like, hey, Canna 20, Canna 20, 30% or for 20% off all your orders. And that's it. Like, that's, that's, that's it. So, but it's, it's I was going to say, like, the OG, OG Kings, but it's like California Trap Shop, like, uh, California Trap Shop weed, weed marketing. Like, like, so those, those guys are on you. I was about to say, like, dude, hey, yeah. when I was back, you know, and, and shout out to the, to the dude still in New York hustling and grinding. I mean, I'll find one from a, from some of the serves in New York that are hilarious. Dude, these guys used to write me like poems, like rhyme schemes, like, of their menu for the week, like, of, like, what this... <laughs> well, really? no, but this would be also, like, yeah, but this is this is the world that you would know. The best OG SMS texters is the nightlife promoters being like, hey, what's up, <laughs> yeah. Catch Tuesday night? Like, I was in, sending, brother? I remember know, one like, time I was going, I was going to Paris, and I had to call, this is old school enough, that I had to call AT&T to let them know I was traveling because I wanted to change my plan so I didn't, you know, so I didn't rack up a bill. And uh, I had to, they were asking me how much I wanted to approve my, my, my phone plan for, um, and I said, well, I don't know, you know, X amount of talk, X amount of text. And she's like, are you sure? And I was, you know, I was like, how many texts do I send? She goes, you average a little over 20,000 texts a month. And I was just a blown away. And it was really, cause I'm out there, you know, you were texting, I was texting a hundred people a day, you know, five days yeah. a week, you know? Constantly. Yeah. Look, there was, there was a guy, Brian Durkee, a promoter in Scottsdale, who was like a legend who was like, just absolutely insane with it. Like four nights a week direct like personalized texts like had your birthday had for everything on there be like hey brother anniversary of the day we met this tonight you know what i'm saying we got bottles for everyone it was just and and everyone knew him from that shit it was uh i'll tell you i did i think maybe in probably a thousand plus nights for sure a thousand plus nights of promoting in my life um 
I think, God, this is a horrific <laughs> Yeah, yeah, PhD uh, upstairs, you know, shout out, boom, boom, room, you know, all that big good, up to the gods, standard, Tribeca Grand, ta- you know, you already know group, what it is. EMM, yeah. Butter Group, all that, One Oak, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah we get, I got two bottles, it's stolen, <laughs> but they're still bottles, you know what I mean? <laughs> and if you and your four homies want to buy a bottle on my table, that's cool, it's going to be 500 plus tax and tip. But um, no, I mean, in probably a thousand minutes of promoting, I think I maybe sent a mass text, and I mean like copy-paste even, right? Like, Maybe two or three times, and I just never did because it was just didn't work well. Like I think in the right market, it can work fine. But like when you're trying to, you know, have the right people come to the right table, like I would sit there for four or five hours every day, like having conversations with people, catching up, right, and just like especially for the right people that you wanted to really come because you know they bring a crew, or whatever, you know. So, so I, I, I prop uh, shout out to your boy because I was doing the same sort of just infinite personalized text message hustle but enough of the promoter stuff what what let's, let's move speaking, on what, speak, speaking about hustles Colin what's, uh, what's the last one <laughs> what else we got <laughs> man so last tab another cnn.com link for me which is uh, two for two tonight but so headline is please seize 500 million dollars in illegal marijuana raid in Oregon so this is this is in White City Oregon down in good old southern Oregon um, and I think the the math on this is weird um, in terms of the 500 million, um, but they seized half a million pounds of weed in multiple warehouses in White City. Um, uh, the operation had like more than 100 employees, like I said, several warehouses. And uh, I don't think it's $500 million worth because I don't know any outdoor pounds that are going for a thousand bucks. Right now, break it down or to grams. Time recently, yeah, they they, they uh, overstated. So yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say we could cut that number yeah. in about twenty uh, yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hundreds of millions of dollars weed. It's pretty pretty shocking. The image or images are worth worth clicking on and finding the tab. Just warehouses of of hanging weed, and uh, I don't know. I think it's I think this is going to have. I think this one bust will have an impact on the California and Oregon. Uh, recreational markets just because of the sheer volume of product taken out of the black market. Um, uh, when when prices fluctuate, uh, the uh, the black market is responsible for price fluctuations in both markets. And uh, this much product leaving uh, leaving the black market is definitely going to be felt across everything. And uh, just a shocking shocking scale for somebody to be. Uh, selling dope at when yeah, you could just and, do it. And I'm sure this is just the beginning, uh, you know, like just a sheer amount of these that, that are out there. And as long as cannabis is prohibited, like this is going to continue. And that's why we need uh, politicians to act. Well, I, I want to ask you guys, and, nice. and probably, yeah. Oren's got the company line on deck here. Yeah. Well, I want also, also true. Please mail your senator. I, I want to ask you guys, and specifically, I guess, you, Colin, obviously, you know, in, in Portland, but like, there was, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, there's like no limit on licensure in Oregon, right? You can, like, there's like thousands and thousands. It was, it's like easy to get a, a license in, in Oregon, no? Yeah, but you just don't make any money doing it. And so that's why these people are in the well, black market. Well, they, it, it's completely open. They've like, uh, I can't remember the word, but they've stopped issuing them quite a while ago. So today, no. In the beginning, yes. And so there were like, I don't know, 1,500 but uh, like after farms. tax and with the and with the only the sheer amount of like product going into these legal dispensaries and like has how kind of prohibited that they've they've made working inside of these markets like it's yeah it's where you know what's really interesting doing what they are doing but you know what's interesting is that if you could I'm, and and correct me if I'm wrong here if when you buy cannabis um, well I guess well I, I I guess like what's the value 
Like, why do I? Why would I want to buy? Oh, I guess because it's cheaper to buy it in black market. None of n- no, no, none of no. this is staying in Oregon. Like, this is all yeah. export. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So none but, of this is going to dispensaries, yeah, right? Yeah, you make yeah. more money of this the other way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to dispensaries. Yeah. This okay. is going. This is going to states where cannabis is not legal yet. Yeah. Or mm, states yeah. where it's legal, but you haven't been able to grow enough. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that that clear that clarifies it for me. I just didn't understand why in Oregon anyone that was running a legal operation would be like, yeah. "Let's buy." You know, it, it, it doesn't make any any sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's there's no no reason to do that. But uh, in fact, you're probably getting it cheaper than you're getting this stuff on the black market for his worth. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a, a copious Absolutely. amount Absolutely. of cannabis, right? I mean, five hundred thousand pounds is a ton. Yeah. Like what? Not not not. You know, obviously nothing like, you know, nothing sort of internal about you guys. But do you guys on the top of your head have any idea? Like I know you guys just had your financials come out. Do you know what what how much how much pot you guys sell in a quarter, or how much you, how much you guys distribute like in a quarter? Just by like, the pound. It's been a while since yeah, I like, did that math. I don't know. Couple, yeah, like but like low thousands. Okay, okay, so this is this is like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not five hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that's like that's I mean, like what maybe what the size of the Oregon market does in a month. I don't know. Wow. Like maybe. No. Yeah. Five hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, maybe. Half, like, no, not like, like half? half a million pounds. Like, like. Yeah. First of all, Nothing it's not. Ha- first of all, it's, it's not half a million pounds because this is all. I'm sure they're like wet weight of like these these bucked stems yeah. that are hanging. But like, no, this is like a shocking amount of weed. Uh, this is like fields and fields and fields and fields and fields of weed. Yeah. Was, uh, okay. Here and so yeah. for, so for context, and this was a couple of years ago, but yeah, we're we're talking. There, there's tens of like maybe we're doing a hundred thousand pounds a month in inside Oregon right now. Yeah. Like <laughs> okay. So ha- so half. So basically, this is equivalent half a year of indoor, of what the indoor market is in 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 Oregon. No, what the entire yeah. weed market I think totally. is. Yeah. Oh, but wow. again, like this is not n- not a gram of this was going to get smoked in Oregon, right? Like crazy. This is all going to Texas. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's interesting too because when you, Colin, you made a quick comment about um, about them, you know, it not actually being pounds of flour, right? Like they're including everything here, and maybe it's wet, maybe it hasn't been, you know, dried and cured perfectly, right? Like that makes me think about, um, like I don't know how it ha- how it happens here in Cali, but in New York, uh, I had a, a, a friend who got arrested at one point for brownies, and they were they were arresting him on the weight of the brownies, on, on the you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, like that's, just, that's how Texas does you dirty. Is they'll do it by there and there. That's how you get your, catch your felony. Yeah. It's yeah. Case. It's like it's like well, your bra- here's four pounds of brownies. Well, sir, four pounds of brownies is just like a tray of fucking brownies, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's not that much weed in these brownies. These are really crappy brownies. <laughs> you know, like oh man, but no, a whole bag of dark chocolate. Take them down. <laughs> it just shows you also like how there's a disconnect. Not just like media here, but like I think there's often a disconnect with like legislature and law enforcement was like the, the the reality like even the the money here right 500 million dollars of street value like i mean maybe if you were breaking it up into nickel bags you know what i mean like yeah you i mean this is comes back to like journalists are like kind of getting lazy with this stuff sorry chris chris boyette but like yeah come on man half 500 million dollars like no way come on man Let's do better at our jobs. Let's do better at our jobs. No, nah, if it's not sensational headline, then is the media doing better I mean, at their jobs? Uh, couldn't. Yeah, couldn't, we, wouldn't a yeah. hundred million done the trick? <laughs> like yeah. man, half a like. Come on. Anyway, anyway. Um, all right. What else we got? So uh, James explains <laughs> Coriolis effect. Coriolis effect. So Coriolis. You ever have you ever driven those ATVs that um, that have like extra wheels on them? 
and they're like uh they're called like a Polaris or something. You know what I mean? There's one of those. Like a slingshot? Like a slingshot. I, I love this. <laughs> Dude. Not, I love this. No, not like a slingshot. More off-road. Slingshots are like slingshots are on-road, right? I mean slingshots are like the three-wheel on-road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a T-Rex, like a the, the the raptor things. So a Coriolis effect is when you're driving a Polaris, which is like a gator, sort of, more like an ATV, a gator thing. And it makes you all hyped up. Like it makes you like feel manly and hyped up. And so when you get off it, you got the Coriolis effect. You know what I mean? And that's the Coriolis effect has to do with like Northern Lights, right? Uh, no, the Coriolis effect is the um, it's the Earth spinning on its axis. If that impacts something like uh, gravitationally, like, like gravity, it's commonly used. Like a bullet. Like if you're flying something or you're shooting a bullet, a bullet is, is oh, a great yes, one because yes, it's like yes, yes. At, at long enough distance Falling it to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. And I feel it like falls. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not backing down on something with the Northern Lights having to do with the Corollas. But no, no it, it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that sounds. It's like the bro, Aurora Bore, Borealis. Aurora Borealis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just feel a, a, B, C, super stupid. Aurora I, I feel Borealis. Super stupid. I normally, normally I'm yeah, on board with James explains because I think it's funny, but now I just feel dumb from this one. No, it's so good. No, no, I think this is the where we're going to dive in from here. It goes into our new segment, which is free flow word association. <laughs> so we're just going to go Coriolis effect, Northern Lights, Aurora Borealis, Carp Blanche, Carp Blanche, Monaco. What else? Now do? it's just my seed phrase. What do we? <laughs> <laughs> of course, orange seed phrase would be just nothing but like really esoteric. It's just like Monaco. Carte blanche, you know, like <laughs> pre-roll. <laughs> um, do, do we have everything uh, else? We just have. Is there a yield farm? I don't know if we have any. All, all my, no, what no, I'm going to say, we can yield farm. I'll, I'll yield farm of the hour of snowbank, like all, all day. You know, snow snowbank print print that cash right now. So uh, uh, what I'll tell big, you, big APYs. It's the, uh, Let's check the APY. What, what, pull it up. Pull it up. What, um, what I'll tell you as you pull it up is that finance or. I, I I also shout out to the whole crypto community in going really aggressive into domain extensions that like three years ago I would have told you were worthless no. and trash. If you I were like, I love it. No, no, like I know. Open up a whole new world of domain extensions. Totally. Yeah. If you if if four years ago you had been like, yo, bro, dot finance just came out. I'm about to start. I'm about to raise like a Philly <laughs> goat into the, with a dot finance domain. I feel like I don't care how good your idea yeah, is. Well, you're, at, you're about to do it. It's, it's 100 million post uh, post money. Yeah, seed. I feel like we need to take a step back. We're gonna need to get you the dot com. Like I would have told you that. Yeah, if, our, if, our, if our yield farm of the hour is is in Snowbank, it's definitely Temple Dow. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Temple Dow. So I the, what I'll say about all this is that like I just feel like I got I got I got got with the NFT hype. You know what I mean? Like the. I feel like we should have been just farming for the whole time. We could have been humble farmers, posted up, you know what I mean? Just just, just farming our, our 30% APY a month safely. Uh, this is not uh, financial advice, you know. But I feel like we would have done just, we would have done better if we had been yield farming instead of aping into NFTs. No? Yes. I mean. <laughs> yes. All right. On that note, any, any final words for the people? Um, you want, you know, we could shout out our uh, our latest sponsor, Crypto.com Energy Drink. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Is that, is, is, that, is that next? I'm ready for uh, it. Probably. I'm actually, I'm looking up Snowbank. Uh, ooh. So, no, yeah. Like, sorry, sorry. I'm not really here for the outro because I'm like figuring out how to get into Snowbank right Do you now. want me to tell you what the Snowbank current APY is? We're no, looking at a 381,000 percent right now. 381,000. Uh, never, yeah. never mind. Never mind. Point, it was like 500. Yeah. Yeah. 0.1%. <laughs> Point, there's an extra point one at the end. I mean, that's just 
But you know what's and, crazy? And, and if you do want to get into Snowbag, look, all, all you have to do is you buy AVAX on Coinbase. And you have to set up a custom uh, network inside your MetaMask by actually like, typing oh, in variables. You and you AVAX. send the AVAX to that. Yeah, you can buy AVAX on Coinbase. Why is, it a, why, is it a, why is it a custom? You can just switch uh, Because it's not because it well, could not. Uh, yeah, but you have to set the Avalanche network as a custom RTC, whatever. Uh, it's not one of the default ones you can choose like you're on oh, Ethereum gotcha. mainnet. So you have to then set your other one. But then from there, you can oh, just gotcha. yeah, you can just buy and stake. Easy peasy. I mean, I, I like... I set up. Yeah, we, we, you, you like can't use you can't use Uniswamp. You got, got to use uh, Trader Joe's. The Uniswamp. Anyway, this is going to be we super should, esoteric. I, I for, thought it was Uniswamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, Uniswap. Oh yeah, but we should start uh, Uniswap. Yeah, you need to use Trader Joe's. Is Uniswamp.com taken? Let's take that right now. Drain the Uniswamp. <laughs> Drain the Uniswamp. <laughs> this is all I'm saying. Yeah, no more DAI. You Listen, know. if we if, if we're we're don't become Uniswamp. wildly crypto wealthy, we're starting to drain the Uniswamp movement to get the the powers that be out of DeFi. Because they're right now they're pretending it's decentralized. They're pretending it's here for the people, but it's really just a bunch of a bunch of Pepe yeah. meme frauds. Citadel owns Olympus. We all know Citadel <laughs> owns Olympus, and I mean, we just if we get, when as soon as we stop fronting like that and just embrace Citadel gang, shout out the squad. Then I don't. You know. I know this isn't a tab, but while we're on that note, I think uh, Ken Griffith, right, uh, who is the the. These. Yeah, I just, it's crazy that Ken Griffey is the, is the head of, of Citadel. <laughs> he played baseball. <laughs> was that weird to y'all too? Seattle Mariners? Yes. Well, his, yeah, yeah, his, yeah, his son. Yeah. That was his he runs Citadel. Junior, junior right. was on the Mariners, right? It was, it was his son that was on the Mariners. Yeah, 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 his, his senior dad. runs Citadel. <laughs> gotcha, his, gotcha. his dad. No, but um, like, shout out to like, I of course, I'm. we're all very into DeFi and very into like sort of taking down the, the, the man and, and being the man in other regards. Yeah, but, but y'all know how we feel about Constitution Dow. So <laughs> honestly, Citadel, you know. I just feel like that was a crazy flex for that dude to come in and be like, oh, that's cute. Y'all raised like $38 million, but I made $2 billion yesterday. Bang. I bought the Constitution, you know, like I just thought <laughs> I mean, that was yeah, like a yeah, huge I, I knew how much was in your treasury. I just did that. Yeah. 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 And it also that's because, oh, that's also a good call because he knew because it's, it all says how much, right? Yeah. How much money they have. Exactly. He's like, I'm, I'm glad y'all publicized that inside of a bidding structure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, good. So I'm sorry. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh Look, it's, it's still a nascent era of DAOs, and that one's uh, maybe the real constitution was the friends that all these made. <laughs> that we made along the way. <laughs> what I think is also interesting is the gas fee stuff, right? Because now, now what so good. I saw them post the other day, like, oh, if you want to get your money back, we're happy to give everyone their money back, minus gas fees, <laughs> obviously, minus gas fees. Yeah, it's like, cool. So you just Yo, lost $156 yeah. failing to buy the constitution, yeah. like, the, sick. The yeah. average donation was like 220 or 250 <laughs> or something. <laughs> That's what gas is right now. But hold on, it's to get it back, get you got to pay back. gas too, right? It's not like oh yeah, you're right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not just on the way there. You got to yeah. get to get it back. Welcome to the future of finance, brothers. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. You got you guys are in it now. You get it, right? This is so much better than just memoing each other to buy something, right? <laughs> well, on that note, oh, I guess yeah. that's it, right? Bastard. Damn, what's what what's the fee for me to Venmo you guys? Oh, free baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's free baby. Uh, <laughs> totally free. And I can just do that on the internet. And it's <laughs> from your phone. And there's a record that it happened right now. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it's hard because I, uh, as someone who, like, you know, is definitely excited and interested in the technology, like, I feel like what's happening online in, and then, like, the current status of this is just, uh, it's, know, it's just super jading me and just makes you. You know, it's like this pure speculative, like overvaluing of these things that don't actually like functionally work in a way that's attributable. It's just a really rough state of those things right now. And if there's a reckoning from that at some point, then it's going to be super brutal. Well, to yeah. go along with that, whenever you look at any of these things and they talk about TL, uh, TVL, right? So if you look at Snowbank, for example, TVL is total value locked. It's just 203 million, right? But I want to be clear. 
that this is like derivatives upon derivatives of derivatives in which they come up with that number with, right? Because it's not that there's 203 million US dollars that are locked into that, no, right? Yeah, it's 203 million like in ETH leveraged ETH. Yeah, in leveraged <laughs> yeah. ETH predicated on like different coins that the value is based on market cap, right? Because it's because one has sold for one price, they're all worth that price. So it's, I don't mean to sound scary about it, but there's, very, there's it's, far it's, from $203 million dollars in yeah. there, you know? So anyway, I just successfully staked on Snowbank. Did while you? We're sitting here having this conversation. Sick, dude. Well, I wish the Dow did it because Lord knows it I'm was not like, sophisticated it was enough to like, do it. It was kind of disappointingly boomer, like being able to go into Coinbase and then directly, like it seems like this isn't really the point of DeFi. Yeah, we should just make it eight times with like more levels of complicated. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah totally. it's like, it's, yeah. yeah. You mean you can get into Snowbank, but you can't get into Wonderland? Yeah. Right, sorry. Anyway, this is this has really devolved into the completely esoteric. All listeners, we apologize. This was truly trash. Go ahead and skip this um, one. Yeah. yeah, just you know what? Like, just just join us in episode. Oh, I guess it's already the end of it. So we'll, oh. we'll play some great outro music, some G Unit straight out of Southside. <laughs> um, I'm joking. We don't know. We don't have the rights. Definitely the not for that. Definitely. Yeah. Not. Uh, All right. Well, cool. I don't want Tony Yeo blowing up the bat phone. What's uh what's our normal outro? What do you, what do we normally say? Now we've done this twelve times. What's uh, stay rich, money Twitter. <laughs> there we go. Stay rich, money Twitter. Yeah, be, keep keep putting those plates up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> keep uh keep talking that shit online. Just not telling a girl off. about Just it. Just cut it off already. Right? <laughs>